right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly with myself, Matchu, and we have Ray with us as usual, killing it. How you doing over there, Ray? Not bad. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we have some great guests with, uh, with us this evening, you know, doubleheader guest time. We're doing a lot of guests lately, and we dig it. We always get down with the guests, you know what I mean? Uh, today, we have the Ghostly Players Paranormal Team. You know? <laughs> yeah, we're coming in. I like it. We got Alona. Should I use Hi. last names or keep it keep it personal? We'll just keep it personal, like we're friends. Let's keep it personal. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> the only time to take it personal. You know what I mean? <laughs> Alona, we have Connie. Yep, I'm here. And Brad. Hey, y'all. How's it going? It's going. It's going. So, uh... Yeah, we were talking briefly about uh, before the show about the paranormal things, you know. So we figured we might as well talk about paranormal things on the show as well, you know. So where where did he, the paranormal get started with all y'all? Like, how how long have you guys been an, an actual a paranormal team, and when how did that compile? We started. We got established in 2016, and it really started with um, I had posted a message on Facebook asking does anyone go to, want to go to this this haunted station that used to be a, a an old um like boot liquor boot liquor place i guess no brothel yeah yikes um an old brothel and uh so uh, you know some people had posted they wanted to go and then it just kind of started from there i took five people total we did that investigation and then these two came aboard and then we've been together ever since, just, you know, investigating and, you know, doing our thing with ghosts. Now, what made you kind of, uh, I'm sure, you know, people, you've always probably been hip to the paranormal and, and, and interested in it. What made you actually jumpstart a team? Um, I don't know. For me personally, I don't know what the, what the jumping off point was to form a team formally. But I think it was just for the fact that I started watching, rewatching the ghost shows. And then I thought to myself, well, I can do this. Like, I can do this up here. Because I did it a lot before this team was formed. Um, but once I realized that there were other people who were interested in the ghosts and the paranormal around here, it's kind of easy to just suck people in and say, hey, you want to go ghost hunting? And then all of a sudden, all these people come out of the woodwork. Yeah, like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Jumping on board then. So yeah, right. Yeah. So. So we have a, a pretty large group of friends that uh, one of the reasons that our name is the Ghostly Players is over half of the people that are on our team are also involved in community theater, singing, dancing. So uh, we decided acting. acting yeah. <laughs> so uh, we end up, we have uh, 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 our team name is the Ghostly Players. Um, our logo is a little ghost in a theater. So um, trying to tie that all together. So do you guys have a, uh, like, your, your local, like, your, 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 your solo theater that you congregate to um, in that area? Yeah, we mostly try to, we want to stay local, but we have done out-of-state investigations. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. W- the filmmaker in me was, I was going to try and see if you guys knew theater owners to put my movie in there. That's <laughs> Oh, wow. You know, very nice. We can cross it over. We can have a nice crossover. 
Yeah. Well, we know we mostly know, you know, like the performance theaters and stuff like that. Oh yeah, we could put a screen in there for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We do. We hook it up. We hook it up nice. And uh, where about you guys out of Chicago? We we are out of the Fox Cities out of, area uh, in Wisconsin. North, yeah, northeast Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah, it's like uh, it. we're we're about half an hour from Green Bay. Okay. I like that. I definitely support that. Um, so as children, did you guys ever get, you know, have any occurrences with the paranormal that kind of got kicked off your, you know, interest in it? Yeah, I, I can start. start so, with, uh, yeah. yes, I, uh, this is Connie. I ended up, uh, started out, uh, I lived in a haunted house. Nice. Um, I have eight siblings and the, Four oldest ones never had any experiences, and the five younger ones did. So uh, all of us had different things that were going on. Me personally, um, I saw, like, the three-foot shadow people walking around in my house. Um, I had covers pulled off of me um, when I was younger. Um, Probably when I was about 10 or 12 years old, I didn't experience anything anymore. But some of my other siblings that they they had experiences into um, their high school years, uh, their name being called when they were in the basement. Um, my brother, when he was very young, probably four or five years old, saw a easel walk across the floor. So um, and he knew he was awake because he he could see by uh, it was uh, there was a. Uh, bay window that my dad was he could see that my dad's shadow but then he saw this easel walk in front of that window so he knew that he was not sleeping a paint easel uh like a like a chalkboard easel okay yeah never underestimate the power of an artiste yeah (laughs) (laughs) now i we said the older the older siblings didn't see anything and the younger ones did you guys have any idea why that's so you think it's a matter of just being too cool for school to believe in something like that or? Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that as you get older, you start putting up those barriers between reality or what you view as reality. And as you get older, you may write off something that you might see out of the corner of your eye or whatever. So for me now growing up, um, I do this paranormal investigation to validate that yeah i wasn't just imagining these things when i was a child and we have had enough experiences in our investigations that it it has validated that yeah there is more out there than than uh, what a lot of people see yeah for sure who would like to go next uh i'll go next sure this is brad um so yeah i I didn't quite have any experiences um, from the standpoint of like living in a haunted, you know, home or anything like that. But I had some like kind of odd experiences as a child. I lived, I grew up um, in kind of like a little one room type of structure in my grandparents' backyard in California. And um, my grandparents were very, very, very religious. Um, but we had some, like, I have some weird memories that I feel like I sort of, um, I don't know, tried to, like, block out of my mind. But, like, we we swear there was some sort of, like, winged creature that used to, like, kind of torment the house and the pasture behind my grandparents' house. And 
I remember my my grandmother being so religious that she thought it was like a demon, you know. But um, I legit have these like memories and so do some of my older cousins my age that we were, you know, hunkered down in my grandmother's room and she was like saying prayers and we could hear this like really loud, like flapping, excuse me, like flapping winged creature, like outside of the house, kind of like flying around, going from like one side of the house to the other. And I mean, some of the adults at the time, I remember them like seeing it and like everybody was like freaked out. And it's funny because like to this day, like none of the adults in my family or like, you know, the older generation, like I'm an adult, I'm now an adult, but the generation above me, like they never, they probably would just be like, you're just, you don't remember that correctly. <laughs> like you have no idea what you're talking about. Um, but I do remember that. I know it wasn't a dream because um, I've talked about it with some of my cousins my age. Um, and then another thing that when I was younger kind of always um, sticks with me is I used to have this reoccurring dream when I was a child of like this ghostly skeletal figure sitting in an office chair, like in an old abandoned office building. I probably had that dream like 25 times. Um, just like opening this door, like kind of walking through this old decrepit office building, opening this door to like this old office. And then this office chair turns around and there's like this really creepy, like skeletal ghost um, that's just sitting there. And then like I come out of it. Um, So that's one thing that always interested me. And then when I was in my early twenties is when I first saw my like first actual apparition of a ghost when I was visiting new Orleans. Um, So once I saw that, that really was like, okay, something's going on, like, for real. And then I saw, obviously, Alona's post, and I was just like, I got to jump on this train and see if I can, like, (laughs) see if I can figure out if I'm crazy or not. And, uh, yeah, like Connie said, we've, together as a team, experienced so much that I just feel like it's all the other things that I thought I was crazy when I was You are not crazy. (laughs) Yeah, like, so now I'm like, okay, validation, so... Yeah, it's been pretty cool. With that winged creature, did you ever get catch a glimpse of it, or is it something you just kind of heard outside running around and fluttering the wings? So I only ever heard it because apparently some of the adults did see it, but I only ever heard it because th- I come from a big Mexican-American family in California and obviously very Christian, um, but the, the parents were very, like, they would shield us all. Like, so whatever kids were there at the house at the time, we were very much like, I mean, they were like throwing us like in this little hallway behind a couch and like we couldn't leave. And um, so I never got to like see it. But I mean, they were like, they were starting to like put up boards on the doors. There was like crucifixes all over the house. Like all the windows were drawn. Like it, I just remember craziness, but. It must have been horrifying. It's, kind of, it's like an official boogeyman that you got to do. Yeah, with. it really did. It felt like living in a horror movie. And it's funny because like, my cousins and I, we all really loved like scary movies and horror movies when we could like sneak to watch them. <laughs> but um, yeah, those moments were like living in a real one. It was kind of crazy. Ray, what's your take on this winged creature? Um, I'm not going with cryptid. I'm probably going with something interdimensional. Chupacabra? No, they don't have wings. What are we talking, Ray? What are we talking? Lay it out. Uh, I'm, talking, I'm talking about something that's coming out of the, uh, probably another dimension. Mm. Something through a portal. 
you guys get hit with portals and other dimensional beings? Uh, not no. really. I don't think we've come across a lot of that, but I mean, where I'm from, Milwaukee, there's the Bray the Bray Road monster or the Bray Road beast is what's yeah. called. Hmm. Um, and I think it is a cross between a man and a wolf, a werewolf, I believe. But um, I mean, there's all there's all these stories about different types of creatures that may come out of the woods or may come out of the sky. Um, but I, I don't think anyone except for maybe you in California have yep. actually ever seen anything. Um, but I know they're, they've got to be out there somewhere. Yeah. I think. Yeah, for sure. There's, they're, they're, it's very interesting stuff. We dive into it on the show every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, Alona. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Hey. Um. So I started seeing ghosts at age three, and I started. I saw my first apparition. It was a lady in white standing at the foot of my bed, mm-hmm. and I had thought it was a reoccurring dream because it happened time and time again. And then she actually led me outside my my house, and I was just following her down the road, Ooh. and. uh my parents found me and uh, that was just a whole, you know, it, they were scared. I mean, obviously they're like scared out of their minds. Yeah. Um, so that was my first episode of seeing a ghost. And ever since then, it's kind of like you have that feeling in the back of your neck where it's like, you know, someone's looking at you and then you oh, kind of feel, you kind of feel like this on your head or like your something's just pulling your hair or whatever. That's been happening to me ever since like I was three. Um, and it's gotten to the point where even though when we go in these investigations, it it's kind of just normal, I guess, which is not normal in, in <laughs> other other people's lives, I guess. Right. Um, but I I've always had the ability to see spirits um, and it kind of waned in like my teenage years. But as I turn the age that I'm turning now next week, actually. Happy birthday. Happy early birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, it, it's just the more that I do these investigations with this particular team, it gets stronger and stronger. It was really strong when I was in my twenties and did other teams investigations. But with this specific team, it's, it's like the, the energy is just like tenfold. So that spiritual energy just gets you know, all over the place. And then you've experienced stuff, you've experienced stuff. Um, so if, if you have like a, a power of, of some sort, it just kind of gets magnified when you were all together. It's kind of yeah. kind of odd, but nice. Uh, that, that lady that lured you away from your house, yeah. Um, that's like that's incredibly dangerous. You know, I automatically think of stories in horror movies to go back to horror movies where <laughs> it, it yeah. you know you, you would ne- you would never be seen again type deal. You know, I mean, you're lucky that your parents grabbed you there. Yeah, I mean, I was two miles away from my house when they found me. Um, and I was actually next to a graveyard. So this lady was like kind of walking with me towards this one spot where I had no idea where I was going. I just thought that she was a nice old lady, you know, she right. knew my name um, and everything. And um, she just said, you know, let's sit here. And all of a sudden I thought I was dreaming, but I actually woke up because my parents grabbed me and said, you know, where the hell have you been? And here I am three years old, two foot tall in the gra- <laughs> in the graveyard. Like, That's uh, a tr- well, so she she kind of brought you somewhere and sat you down. It almost sounds like there was it wasn't harmful, you know. 
she yeah. had a bad thing for you, you know? Yeah, it didn't feel harmful. Like, even remembering it after all these years, it didn't feel like she was putting me in trouble or she was out to harm me. It was just more like she was like a grandma. And she was looking for something and she needed some help to find it. Like she knew she could make contact with you. And so brought you there to maybe maybe there's something she wanted to show. Oh, there was something that she wanted me to put back is what what happened. Mm. She wanted me to put back her bracelet that was lost. And I, she had led me to it. And then I had to lay it on her gravestone and then she was gone. Like that was literally the end of the recurring dream. And it was in that house. You think she she was uh, like a, a, a prior homeowner of that house that lived there? No, I don't think so. Because I mean, the house was new. It was nearly a new construction, but the land of where it was um, before the neighborhood was there, it was just basically you know barren grassland of whatnot. So I'm assuming it's some something that happened to do with that land, or for the fact that maybe something else where I was followed me back or whatnot. And that happens sometimes. Still. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta be, you know, you gotta protect yourselves. Uh, Connie, real quick. I know you said you grew up in a haunted house. Did you ever f- find out what was haunting it or why? No, I did not. Um, we, uh, it's a, the house was over a hundred years old. So um, it, it um, you know, it could have been any number of things. Again, in the house, it wasn't, it wasn't, again, anything that felt like it was dangerous. Um, I've described it as being in the house and never feeling like you were alone, you know, walking up the stairs, because uh, it was a bit, it was a big, huge Victorian house. And, um, you know, it just always felt like there was somebody walking up the stairs behind you, that sort of thing. Um, there was, um, I'm going to just add something here. Um both of my parents have passed away and their house that they um, uh, were living in after they had moved out of our big Victorian house. Um, our paranormal team actually went in there to do an investigation because there was an individual who had uh, hung themselves in the garage of a prior renter or a prior owner of the house. But uh, one of the uh, things that uh, my youngest brother had is that um my my brother was uh, watching after the house um, and he was talking to my sister. My sister had left the house and he had left the house to do an errand. He came back and he calls her up and says, why were you back at the house? And she said, no. And it turned out that a picture of my mother had printed out on the printer of our, our computer printer. The, the picture was not on a, a you would have had to actually go into a file and print this picture. So it wasn't something where you could just print one, push one key, like the cat walked across the the keyboard or something. So we have no idea why this, this picture got printed off. And uh, then there's like furniture that they'd hear uh, scraping around in the, in the basement. And when we had gone to investigate, we did hear things moving around, but, uh, we didn't have too much activity for that one, I don't think. No, there's something behind you, though, like in that basement. Yeah. For Brad, so, yeah. I yeah. Something, felt something behind me. And that was my that was my first time investigating with the group, I think. No. No? Was Grand, that after? That was after Brad. Greenville Station. Oh, Grand, mm-hmm. Greenville, Greenville Station. Um, yeah. That was the old brothel. And that was 
freaking crazy. I mean, I, I wish that these two had the opportunity to go back there because right now it's a restaurant. Yeah. So it got converted to that. So we can't go in there. But before what before it was converted, it was in the basement. There was a uh, crematorium. It was an old morgue. Um, and then, you know, the top floor had like this little room inside the room, inside the um, like the ease of the roof where there was a little door where the ladies would actually take their jaunts. So it, it it's a, it's a lot of things over there. And I wouldn't doubt that there's still stuff that's there. Yeah. And that's where you guys got your like the knocking, the famous knocking <laughs> yeah. that our group has talked about forever. forever. The, the knockbacks. Yeah. yeah. That was just crazy. Yeah, you know, the morgue's always, you know, you you, you wouldn't think a morgue would be haunted because <laughs> the, the soul supposedly already passed by the time they get to that point, but then there's the ones that try and go find their body again or something like that. But a brothel, a brothel brings a lot of energy to it, you know, because, you know, take the sex stuff out of it, a lot of, like, probably bad stuff happened there was between mm-hmm. murders and abuse. Probably and, a lot of rape yeah. and abuse. Addiction, yeah. rape, all types of crazy bad, you know, energy type stuff you know what i mean so i that, yeah i think that that and you know it's very hard for that to wash away so i yeah i'd say that stuff's still there you know what i mean oh yeah there's there's one thing a place in milwaukee called shaker shaker cigar bar hmm. and it used to be a brothel it used to be owned by al capone you know the old legend and everything like that the first first floor is a restaurant the second floor is the fluffer room so yeah, the ladies yeah. fluff the men but also what happened in that second room is that there was a lot of back alley abortions. So it was like, yeah. there's a lot of, it, when you walk into that room or that floor, it just feels different. And then the top floor is the A girl's room, Molly. And so when I stayed there, I got to stay there by myself and my friend was staying in the, the dark floor. <laughs> she picked it and I said, <laughs> okay, if you want to do that, you go, girl. yeah, go for it. Um <laughs> So I, I'm sitting on the bed of Molly's bed, and she it's known that she likes to play with hair. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there kind of just talking out loud, and I feel my hair being played with. And I love my hair being played with. I mean, I don't care who it is. I just love it. So if, if it's a ghost, it's a ghost. I don't care. Um, but then I hear a scream from the second floor, and my friend, who's a, who was a novice ghost hunter at the time, she comes bloody screaming up. She's like, ah! I saw a little baby. I was like, oh, no, that's not good. So she stayed in my room the entire night. Like, you need to go. I want to play with Molly. No, I want to stay with the, I don't want to stay with the babies. <laughs> All right. Where was she originally in the dark room? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Well, it's, it's the second floor, the fluffer room. But it's like okay. when you go inside, there's like just the energy is just weighty. Um, so she apparently saw babies floating around. I'm like, ooh, okay. You figure, yeah. Those girls really hated, you know, some of the people they had to deal with, they had to really hate, you know, the fact that yeah. they had to smile and be nice to them while hating them. So you have that, that lingering in that area, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you guys also had the Grand Opera House, right? Yes, yeah. these two were here for that, too. Yeah. First woman. Our group has done it twice, I believe. Three yeah, times. Oh, three times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we were at, we were all at the OG investigation for that. Mm-hmm. What'd you guys catch there? Um, you want to say what you got? I, I, I said I was only on the second one. Yeah. So, oh, I was on the first one. I yeah. honestly, I don't think we. That was one investigation where we didn't 
have a lot of stuff happen. Right. That it's uh, said that there is a woman in red that'll be up in the balcony. Um, I think Alona did see some. Alona is sensitive, so she can see a little bit more than than us. And and if she says, don't go into a room, I'm not going into a room. It's like, (laughs) I'll just uh, uh, take her word for it. Um, there is also uh, a dog that uh, is supposed to be run across the the uh, the stage. Um, there is the caretaker of yeah. the uh, Percy uh, Percy <laughs> that uh, he is up there and um, has different things. Uh, the The grand is is really really old. It used to have like tunnels that would go from the grand over to the Atherin Hotel, which yeah. uh, was the the really nice hotel that was in our city, but now that is gone now too. So, um, yeah, I don't think we had a huge amount of, of yeah. activity in, in any of the investigations that we had at the grand. Nope. I know our group, all we had was we had, um, a few people really feel like in the dressing rooms. So it's a big old theater and they, you know, a lot of, um, like musical stage shows are put on there still. So they've got, um, like an orchestra pit, like under the stage, pretty far down. They've got dressing rooms way down there. And I know with our group, there was a lot of um, people feeling like really weird in the dressing rooms. And then I think we did hear some, like we were in the furthest, deepest down part that you can be. And you really like, there's no way you could hear hear anything from the street, but we were hearing like some definite like whispering and it was pretty eerie sounding whispering, like, um and again like there was there was people out on the street i think this was at like 9 30 10 p.m when we heard this and it was halloween night <laughs> so there's people out and about but i mean we knew as as we were going further and further down you can hear the stuff from the street disappear down to nothing and then we're in this space and it's like who's whispering that's not us <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i don't know were the, you at another one of them? The last one, you said yeah. there was a door that closed or? Yeah. Um, one of our team members was in the haunted dressing room and they did the sensory deprivation um, experiment. Um, do you know what, you know what that is, right? The, the uh, experience? Explain, explain it for the folks at home. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's basically when you have one person who has noise canceling headphones on their ears and they're blindfolded, yeah. and the headphones are hooked up to a spirit box. Um, and then other people around them are asking questions, and the theory is, is that whatever this person with the cancelling noise-canceling headphones hears, they just say it. Um, and there's no distraction. They're just in the moment of saying what they hear. And the theory is that if we ask questions, the spirit will be able to um, communicate um, through that person, um, through the spirit box. So we were doing that in the haunted dressing room and one person who was a complete novice to our team, she was doing it. She was getting answers. Um, and then all of a sudden, apparently the door just slammed and it was, it's a heavy door. Um, so that was one thing. Um, what else did you guys talk about? Uh, we I just said we didn't find a lot. I kind of gave a history of the um, door slamming would be a big one. In, in 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 like that area, you know what I mean. You figure like the prima donna actors and such, you know, slamming their right. doors. You know, you have the nerves, the energy of the nerves, and being nervous. It's quite possible people, you know, took and took in the long road home in the in that room. You know what I mean, and all types of crazy stuff. Um, 
Yeah. It's weird. And that stuff does leave an imprint for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of drama with actors. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. It's, it's part of the business. It's part of the, uh, it comes with the package deal. as they Exactly. Say. You know. Now, Captain's Walk Winery in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You want to talk about that one? Or do you want me to? You can. Yeah. Sorry. Winery okay. always interests me. Yeah. yeah for real. Uh, let's see. Captain's Walk. Um, it is a, well, it's a winery. And also, like, it's a place where you can get food. And the ghost that is there is, her name is Helen. It used to be her house. And she apparently just kind of meanders around there. So when we went to go investigate, I think we didn't have a lot happening. However, one thing that did happen that was very interesting is that we were in one room and part of our team was in the upstairs. The one room where I was at, and I think you might have been there too, um, we were in the the lobby yeah. like restaurant yeah. area. We were just talking and all of a sudden the lights just flicker. And I don't mean flicker as in like flicker, flicker. I mean like off on. Mm. And it happened a couple times. Right, right. And there was no reason for it to happen because it didn't happen upstairs. It just happened in the room where we were. Right. Um, so that was, I think, maybe Helen's idea of saying, hey, hi, I'm here. And it's time for you to go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah, the Captain's Walk is located in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a little threatening. It didn't want you to be there. Um, I don't know. I I don't think it was completely threatening. I think it could have been also that I think it was like towards the end of our investigation, like towards the end of the night, because mm-hmm. that, that was like the one of the last things that happened. Yeah. Um. So maybe it was the fact that maybe she was getting tired of us asking questions or maybe she was just ramping up. We're not sure because we actually didn't stay all that late. Yeah. yeah. One of our other investigators on that same one got physically ill. She had to leave our group and just say, I, and she just kind of sat in the hallway for a while and just to collect herself because she was just physically ill and she, it just came on like really quickly. So then we kind of left because of that too. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was done. That's yeah. one thing I've been dealing with at like many of our last investigations is just like feeling nauseous or... off the yeah. whole time, you know, okay. like just low energy. Well, it could be I also the um the last one we just did wasn't as bad, but like oh. I think like the three prior to that, it's like I never quite like connected it, and all of a sudden I realized, yeah, it's like I feel fine going into it, and then the whole time I'm in the building, I just feel like tired drained off out of it Mm -hmm. and then it's like we leave our investigation the next day and i'm like fine again (laughs) um yeah i think it's definitely they're pulling from you while you're there type deal yeah Yeah. energy suckers or something Mm. yeah have you guys ever stumbled into something really like uh demonic and evil that was threatening to you guys Uh uh-oh maybe Maybe Uh the yeah well well i mean this is outside of the outside of the group. Um, I've dealt with a doppelganger, mm. and yes, and really, yes, it is not very friendly. Mm-hmm. And my friends, my fam, old family friends, I investigated this house years ago, like in my early twenties. So twenty plus years later, they asked me to come back because it's starting up again. 
and things are flying off the shelves and doors are slamming and the doppelganger is being seen here and here and here. And I asked them, are you sure it's the doppelganger this time? It's not just some odd random spirit that's just attaching some, you're attaching to something um, that's playing tricks on you. And they said that, no, the doppelganger has looked like each and every person of the family has talked like each and every person in the family, but that fam- specific family member was out of the house and this, they still saw this person. I'm like, Hmm. So it, it's not very friendly. It's, um, it's a house that likes to, that people get scratched in there. People get pushed down. People get their hair pulled. They get screamed at. So it's not a very nice house, but for an investigator, it's awesome <laughs> because it's like, even though it's very threatening and very scary on paper, um, I'm pretty sure that given the opportunity, these two would probably go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what was this? Do you think that, what was that just a, uh, like a, like an entity with an extra power to be able to, I know it, it kind of sounds a little like a jinn, but you know, I don't think it is, but do you think it's no. just with the power to be able to kind of transform like that? I, I'm thinking probably so. Like I it's thought, a little extra. It's a little extra yeah, to it, you know, it's like a, it's definitely not on the diet for sure. I mean, it has yeah. like the extra juice of paranormal. Yeah. Um, this this particular house, and Connie knows where it is because she's seen it with me from the outside. It's right on the lake. It's right on Lake Michigan. Um, so you have the water that's bringing up the energy. The house is made up of um, all the minerals that could suck in energy as well. So there's a lot of aspects about that house specifically that could give some extra juice to anything paranormal. But that particular house in general, it's it's got some bad mojo. I don't know exactly what happened on that land, but I'm assuming because it is Milwaukee that there probably is some first people's things, things happening there too. So I'm not sure, but I have to, I get to go there. Um, soon and help the family. It's got like a little shapeshifter vibe to it a little bit. Ray, mm-hmm. would you approach it for that? Before you were moving forward. Um, that reminded me, like I've heard my name whispered at work and stuff like that. And uh, there's only one time I've ever heard like a phantom, like it was, I was at my parents' house and I heard my dad in the kitchen talking. And he's alive and well and all that. He just wasn't home at the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I always thought that, but that was the only time I've ever had an occurrence where, like, you hear something and you 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 think they're there because you heard them talk, and then you go in there and they're not even home. Yeah. Uh, so their whole family was dealing with seeing each other. That's almost like Ray. What's your take on that right there? Well, it is. It has to be a, a powerful spirit, and it's it's simply mimicking. That's how it tries to manipulate you by looking like someone you know or looking like you. It's trying to get your attention that way, right. and, and and control you if it can by getting right. an emotional response. Trying to get uh, vulnerability, as far as because that possibly the person that is the doppelganger or someone that you trust, and. They're just trying to, you know, get you when you're vulnerable. I have seen that doppelganger mimic myself because I saw myself walking down the stairs. I'm like, huh. 
that's not me. <laughs> yeah. so, um, but yeah, it, I'm, I'm excited to do that investigation. But um, as far as what investigation were we talking about before? Uh, Captain's Walk? Captain's Walk. Before, Cap- yeah, Captain's Walk, we talked about already. Yeah. But, I think, um, yeah. But yeah, another one that had some kind of dark vibes to it was a house that was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, um, they had said that there was a, um, uh, shed that they thought was a portal and, uh, alone, I got vibes off of that, that it was, we need to stay away from there because there was some pretty powerful feelings coming out of that. Uh, we did a walk around of the property just around outside. Uh, one of our investigators, um, was all of a sudden said he, had a pain in his back and he lifted up his shirt and he had three scratches on his back and he was not big scratches. Yeah. Really big. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he's kind of a, he's kind of a big guy and there's no way that he would have been able to do that himself. And um, he wasn't near any branches. He wasn't anywhere where he could have gotten scratched because we were all around him the whole time. Uh, this particular individual um, is, is it a conduit or he draws in spirits to do things around him. Um, he does not like that. So he has gone on two investigations and he has not gone on any since then because both investigations that he has gone on, there have been Pretty multiple, multiple <laughs> mm-hmm. things. I mean, big things that have gone on when he has gone around. So um, in, in this uh, house that was in the country, um, that uh, the, there was uh, two gentlemen there and they had a service dog. And we were uh, kind of getting a tour of the house and kind of getting ready to kind of do an investigation. And this gentleman was um, walking into a den area and this stir- service dog actually almost attacked him, but ended up grabbed his shorts and pulled him away from whatever room he was going to go into. And the, the people who owned the dog were amazed. You know, they were dumbfounded because they go, this is a service dog. This dog does not do this sort of thing. So the dog was protecting this gentleman and saying, don't go into that room. He was trying to go into the room with all our food. Seriously, that's where all our food was. Like, so, I don't um, want to go in there. So, you hear uh, stories like that, though. You think that like cats and dogs can see the other mm-hmm. side? I definitely do. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. So, um, and um, in that uh, he had gotten scratched again, um, that we actually saw the welts going up uh, around like his shoulder neck area. And then Alona got firm with them and, and told them, you do not touch any of the people that are in this group. You will leave them alone. And everything got quiet after that. <laughs> she, uh, she said, I'm very that, pushy sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but they need to have that uh, said to them. Um, in uh, the same place, uh, we had gone down into the basement and um, we do have an EVP of, um, well, they have me saying, uh, asking whether or not um, everybody was down in the basement. And we had um, an EVP that came back and said, we are here. Yeah. And it was not anybody in our group. Do you think that all scratches and such like that could be a, you know, a negative thing? Or do you think there's a possibility that maybe it gets it's it's trying to touch them and knowing that it can't, you know, it can't quite the, the aggravation maybe of something like that. I, Oh, did you want to say something? Uh, uh, yeah. I was just going to say that I just, 
for me, for whatever reason, like if you, you know, a lot of us have gotten like our clothes tugged on or pinched a little bit or hair grabbed. But like for me, those aren't negative. But if something's going to like physically actually hurt you and cause yeah. pain, right. I feel like there's something negative about that. Yeah, no, I hear you. Because there'll be the handprint and stuff, which the handprint, I can never quite tell if that's a negative thing or not, because it's almost just like they laid their hand on him. It's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, scratching, I could understand being more of a vicious thing, but you never know. Maybe if, if, if you know, it's, it's, it's dimensional almost. So like there is no, they're looking to connect and to reach out and actually touch somebody living is something they'd probably like to do. But if they're no longer living themselves in their more spirit form, they can't really grasp it. So maybe it's almost like a clawing to get, you know what I mean? Like a really yeah. going like a at it. To try and, get it type too, yeah. and it's almost like they don't know their own strength too. It's yeah. like if they want to push you down, maybe they're just, the, the intent is just to, to try to get to that side of the wall. Yeah. You're just in the way. They, they meant to do this. Excuse me. But they meant to do this, Oof. you know? Yeah. Mm. It takes big energy out of them because you assume like if they just those touches, if they really wanted to kill you or something, that they could trip you up down the stairs or it, it, take that into mind. It's like you think that they would, you know what I mean? You know, you, you see people yeah. tumble down the stairs. You think there's a little a little extra something behind the scenes. Yeah. I, uh, I actually just got pushed down some stairs at our last investigation. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, it was not fun. Uh, Lay it out for us. What happened? What was going on? um, Well, we were investigating, what was this, like last weekend or the weekend before? The weekend before. Pretty recently, the weekend before. um, We were at this uh, haunted hotel in Kewanee, Wisconsin called the Karsten Inn. Mm. And um, we decided to make like a bigger thing of it. So we made it our little like retreat. We got there early and had dinner. And um, we've, we've gotten to know the owner a little bit. Um, some of us anyway, I just met, some of us just met him the last time, but it was a nice event, but this was, I believe, pretty later in the, in, in the investigation, wasn't it? It was, was at it, midnight. It was at was midnight? It midnight. Yeah, it was midnight. Oh. Um, but we, it was just Connie and I actually, Connie here and myself, mm-hmm. um, we were walking back to our room. So we were going down some stairs cause we stayed on a different floor as the, the rest of people i thought we were just going to drop something off at our room or something and she was right in front of me we were almost to the bottom of the stairs and i just i thought some of the rest of our group were right behind us and almost like accidentally fell into me because i just felt like a huge shove and luckily um there's a null post there's yeah there's a huge null post like i mean a foot and a half by a foot and a half like this big square null post on the bottom i was only a couple steps above that and i was pushed right, right down onto that and used that to stop myself. Um, and Connie was just like a couple steps in front of me and I almost hit her. Yeah. I was on the landing already. So yeah, you were, and well, do you want to say who did that? Yeah. So I looked back thinking, Oh, one of our other, you know, investigators with us that night was behind me and accidentally fell into me. And I looked back, there's nobody there. So I was just like, my face was like total shock, I think. Yeah. And um, it has been said there at this place that there is an old um, maid that used to work there at the Karsten and she does not like men. So men have been physically like assaulted or hurt there. Um, some have been pushed down the stairs as it turns out. So 
I, yeah, that kind of freaked me out. And that was the first time something's really gotten that physical with me. But yeah, that was kind of scary. Yeah, yeah I, I heard a, I was on the third floor and all of a sudden I just heard a thump, thump, thump. Yeah. I'm like, I just turned to my other investigators. I'm like, what do you think that was? We just, you know, we're meandering down the stairs. Da, 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 da. Here's Brad just like clutching his chest. We're like, oh, yeah. did something actually happen? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, they could do some damage, you know. You know, if you depending on where you were, they give that that one push could really send you uh, off into a different place. Now, have you, have you guys ever been just hanging out somewhere for fun and got the vibe of a haunting to to find out later that the place was haunted? Hmm. Did you guys have any? Just like in general? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's really down like in where I in my hometown. Um. But, you know, you, you walk into a place and you just feel that vibe of something's a little bit off. It's not a happy-go-lucky vibe, but it's more like you feel like something's watching you. Right. But you don't know the story. And then you find out later, oh, this person, you know, killed himself over there. Oh, okay. Oh, I have kind of an interesting story. Um, so, remember, I told you I used to work on some paranormal shows. Yeah. Um so the very first episode that I worked on of the dead files um, was actually up here in the Fox Valley. And so I was living in Chicago at the time, but I drove up to work on it and I ended up getting really, really sick. Um, it was the dead of winter and we were having to like work outside in like negative 20, negative 30 below temperatures. So I got really sick. And so the last day of filming, I couldn't make it, but I found out that they ended up finding this old house in Appleton um, in the Fox Valley here on like Airbnb or something like that. And that's where they were going to film the last scene of like the interview where the hosts meet up and talk about the investigation. And it's so odd that they found this house out of all the houses, because this is a home that my family and I, when I was younger, about like 18, 19 years old, the house had gone up for sale. And we had all just like thought it was a really cool house. And we were like, Hey, let's go like check out this open house. So we did a walkthrough. It was like myself, my mother, my aunt, my grandma, and like a couple cousins or something. And we did this walkthrough and every single one of us just got the spookiest vibes. Um, There was like a weird room off the second floor where it looked like it was an old nursery. And all of us, on the tour that day had a feeling like something very, very bad happened in that house. Um, but I just found it really odd that like Amy, the host of the show, like ends up, you know, doing like a ghost show in this house. I thought that was like, I actually don't know. If, um, it turned out the house cause they only used that for a location that wasn't actually part of the storyline of that show. So it was never brought up, but I don't know if that house in, did end up being haunted, but like everybody in my family got the, craziest vibes and my aunt said that she was like touched on her back and her hair was pulled on the stairs there yeah i just thought that was kind of interesting yeah we did i uh, mean my cousins went camping down the cape cod canal uh when we were kids and we we walked that we took a we used to go take long walks at night into the darkness and uh <laughs> we, we we swore we seen maybe eight different paranormal things going down there and like by the end of it we're like now nah, we probably just fucking hyped ourselves up or something <laughs> right. and then uh, later to come come to find out that yeah the place is actually haunted and like they do a whole bunch of this uh investigations and like 
tours and stuff. It's, it was cr- crazy, you know. <laughs> now, uh, the, the Brumder Mansion, the B&B. Yeah. Brumder. So the Brumder Mansion is located in Milwaukee. Um, that was a speakeasy and a hotel and a house. Mm-hmm. And was it a broth? I don't think it was a brothel. Oh, I think it seems like seems like everything can, with Al Capone is some kind of brothel. Right. Wow, you guys are going to a lot of brothels uh, without me here. What's going wow. on? <laughs> so, uh, so the the Brumder Mansion was actually owned by uh, the family of Brumder, and they had some daughters. And um, uh, we went to. Um, I said the basement was a speakeasy for years. Um, at that particular one was one of the ones where um, Alona ended up. Uh, we were in a room and she starts talking, but she's not talking to me. <laughs> she's talking to the other three ladies that are in the room that I cannot see. So um, I just let Alona talk to uh, these women uh, Alona could describe what the women were wearing. They were wearing different dresses. They were pacing the room. Um, and, um, if you want to, uh, elaborate on that and then we'll go on to the other, the other one too. They were just very antsy. They didn't understand one of them, the, the, um, the head of the, the mis- not the mistress, I guess the head, the head lady, the wife, she didn't understand while she's looking out the window what are these cars? Why are these trees so tall? Um, where are the horses? Where are the buggies? She just wasn't in, in a state of confusion. And she kept saying the same thing over and over again is um, watching the world go by. And that seems to be a constant theme with a lot of the spirits that I come across. But this one was, it was constant. And she wasn't the only spirit in that house to say that. Right. Um, but yeah, they were just antsy and um, they just didn't understand what was happening, why we were in the rooms. Um, but they liked us. Yeah. Well, they liked you. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so then uh, that was on the third floor. Then we went on to the second floor to another room where there was the housekeeper uh, what had her room. And uh, so we had put a K2 meter on the bed and Alona got up on the bed and we were asking questions and it was kind of, of the K2 was kind of going off, but then the conversation that Alona was having with this housekeeper was she did not like Alona on the bed at all. Mm-hmm. Um, just so yeah. the conversation. So basically I was having a conversation with Alona, but it wasn't really Alona. I mean, it was, it was you, but you were just saying that this person is, this is the feeling I'm getting. This is what she's saying. Yeah. So I would ask, you know, what is your favorite uh, meal to make? Uh, you know, what what is the, you know, you were the housekeeper. What was the favorite thing that you made? And she said biscuits was one of the things that she said. Oh, you know, I really like biscuits. And Alona kind of went, no, it's not my favorite. Well, she didn't like that. She wanted Alona to get off the bed, get off of my bed, get away from me. You don't like my food. Kind of get away. So then uh, her and I, her and I ended up switching and I got on the bed and, uh, Alona just kind of, you know, went into a chair in, in the, on the side of the room. And then she go, oh, yeah, she's a lot happier with you sitting on the bed than uh, her because I liked her biscuits. So um, I didn't realize it'd be so offensive. Yeah. 
So if somebody um, ever asks you if you like their biscuits, you say, yeah, you like I'm going to yeah. say yes <laughs> next time. Yes. Yes. I will say no on the inside and yes on the outside. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. we don't, as in, and Alona um, is Filipino, and we were not sure whether or not this individual, because they were a housekeeper that took care of a white family, whether or not she thought it was appropriate that a person who wasn't a white person was sitting on the bed also. So we don't know if that's the case, but um, you know, that could be one of the, one of the reasons. She was probably thinking, what's this Brown person doing on my bed? (laughs) I mean, that's realistically, she probably has never dealt with that before. Um, I mean, like, people who from her time from her time period i'm probably not in the service industry or yeah i mean i i'm you know walking along insulting her biscuits and sitting on her bed (laughs) i mean (laughs) how dare they (laughs) but um so that was that was interesting because alona said that that was uh the first time in a long time that she actually had that where she did have an actual conversation with with uh the spirits at, at a place so um and uh, myself and another individual in our group are the oldest, so I kind of watch over people and make sure that they eat and make sure that they oh, are protected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mom. You should see some of the foods we bring to our investigation. <laughs> Yeah. We don't want to starve, okay? So yeah. we, no way. we bring food for like 20 people, we do. and we only have five. Yeah. The aroma <laughs> will bring out the spirits, I heard. Yeah. Yes. Like, I yeah. still remember Carriage House, our idea for food was like, okay, let's all bring stuff to make charcuterie board. And like, we went out to eat before the investigation. And then we had all the, we had coolers full of like all kinds of meats and cheeses to like put together charcuterie boards. We never even, I mean, we barely got a dent in any of it. I had a piece of cheese. That was it. (laughs) Everybody took home what they brought. It's like ridiculous. With the uh, speakeasy story, was that the Brumder family fortune from bootlegging? I think mm-hmm. that was after the Brumders owned it. I think someone yeah. else oh, okay. had taken it over. Yeah, the Brumders built the house. Um, and they, I think, I believe that they're a pretty respectable family. But oh. once they had passed on and it got, the deed got passed on to um, other not as respectable not people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. think that's when it became a little bit shady. I'm always interested in uh, the rich from yesterday's past and the dark, the darkness that they get themselves tied up in. Yeah. Right. Yikes. Yeah. Now the Trout Museum of Art, me, me trying to call myself an artiste in this world. You guys catch anything cool uh, there? You want to say stuff? Okay, my turn. Another one I haven't been on. There's been, oh, okay. <laughs> we've talked about a lot I haven't been on. Right. So, you guys are... so uh, the trout was kind of a surprise because it is not known anywhere that it is got anything. But yeah, was um, Alona was doing a volunteer opportunity and ended up talking to someone from the trout, and they just got on the subject how we always do on, oh, you know, we do a paranormal investigation. And they said, oh, this museum is is uh oh no all yeah. they all they said was i didn't even say that i was a paranormal okay. investigator they just happened to mention hey did you know the child's haunted my ears go up like what <laughs> well let me get a team over here can i please play you know, yeah so, so it's yeah. it's an older building but it's renovated so it's very modern looking now mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but it's it's an older building and um we got we got enough enough stuff with that um uh, people who had been there, um, one individual, they said that they saw this, uh, they were doing a, um, 
uh, art class and the art class was done with all the kids were gone and they were just picking up after things and they had walked by a supply closet with the light the light was on they walked by the supply closet and they see this boy in there just shuffling around with the papers had on a white t-shirt a pair of jeans about 10 or 12 years old and they walked by the door and went oh wait that kid's not supposed to be in there they immediately turned around and there was nobody in that room so um that was one of the things uh, they said the elevators in the, in the museum will mm-hmm. open and close all hours of the day and night. Nobody's there. Mm-hmm. Um, we ended up uh, probably, we heard whistling in um, our investigation and don't know where that came from. Um, we had uh, gone down into the basement, which was the most active uh, saw shadowy things my uh yeah chris uh had seen that um but there was a room they called it the mouse room because at one time they found a dead mouse in the room so they called it the mouse room but we ended up we put a rem pod down there and it just did not stop it was continually going for all we had it had four colors on it that the rem pod um would each of the colors would signify different things, you know, uh, movement, temperature, e- uh, electromagnetic field. And well, basically the REM pod with each color, it just depicts how much energy there is around the antenna. So if there's, there's actually five colors, there's red, green, yellow, blue, and purple. So if you just have a red you're the spirit is th- theoretically like say 10 feet away from this antenna. And as the spirit goes closer and closer to this antenna, the colors go up and up and up. So by the time you get to purple, the spirit technically should really be almost right on, yet yeah, yeah. almost touching the antenna. So it measures the the um the energy of it. Okay, um, all right. So it was just going crazy, and and it would we would ask questions and say, "Can you please stop?" And it would stop when we asked it, and then we would ask uh, a question, and then it would go off again, and then we'd ask it to stop, and then it would stop. I feel like we get that a lot at a lot of our investigations. Yeah. It's like when it's so. going nuts and it's like, can you please stop? And then, and then it goes nuts and it doesn't do Or recently where it's just been going nuts. Uh, yeah. yeah. You brought up the Cottage Cafe, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, like those brothels there too. A lot of brothels over that way. Yeah, we uh, yeah. we do have a lot of brothels, don't we? Up Wisconsin, 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 home of the brothels, right? But we had the what, deacon what? there too. Oh yeah, the deacon who doesn't like alcohol and booze. Yeah, yeah. Wisconsin's the home of Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Yeah, yeah, that's my hometown. Yeah, yeah. How's, how's the legend yeah. of Joffrey doing over there? Yeah. Uh, well, that's the funny thing <laughs> is that there's actually still tours to this day. Um, of his where he killed so it's called the cream city tour and you can get a jeffrey dahmer t-shirt with his picture on it yep and you can go to all the places where he either worked or where he lived or where he killed it's very macabre yeah no it's not the cream city tour sorry it's the camel the cream city cannibal tour is what it's called um and uh yeah i i i went on it i'm gonna be honest and you know because i lived in milwaukee during that time i would go so i'd go on it too don't feel bad i'd, yeah. I'd definitely yeah. go on it. <laughs> it, yeah. it was interesting but it's sure more like know. man this is crazy where all this stuff happened yeah, yeah. and don't forget wisconsin also has ed gein ed so. gein too yeah you got some serial killers over here some, yeah. some crazy ones that do some 
weird things with the bodies over in Wisconsin. Yeah, here. not much to do in the winter here, let me tell you. <laughs> no, what do you need, need a lampshade? I got, I got. Yeah. <laughs> you want a head in the freezer? You got it. Uh, nobody true. was nobody was more upset with those Jeffrey Dahmer killings than Ed Gein because he took his victory, his crown. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, but... That's interesting. Uh, now he the he lived in an apartment building, right? Is that apartment building? Is that yeah. part of the tour too? Yeah, I didn't thought they really? tore it down. Didn't, didn't they raise it? I was going to say, no, I'm, I'm the surprised area. they let that stand. The area where where the apartment building is, they they show you the they area, show you yeah, the area. Yeah. They ripped it down though. Yeah. yeah. What's there now? Yeah, I remember that being on the news, I think. Yeah. Well, that's like you. I imagine the evil that that fucking place harnesses. My goodness. Yeah. Well, that's just like Ed Gein with when he because he, he came from what Plainfield, Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah. and supposedly that he, I don't know if the house is still standing or it's torn down. I it's think it's not there. Okay. I started looking for it, but the, <laughs> <laughs> but I think the land and where the property laid is supposed to be haunted along with um his grave site. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's still stuff happening in Plainfield that people are experiencing. So, I mean, serial killers. They got it going on, I guess. Ed, yeah. Ed Gein's going to March Grave? Can you go to I his believe, grave? I believe it's unmarked, but it's yeah. there. There is a grave. Okay. Um, people have stolen stuff from there, or um, I think like the tomb, the, I think it was at one point marked and it got stolen too much, too many right. times. So, yeah. um, well, I mean, now yeah. there's just like a marker that's just like a plain little thing or something and nobody knows people lost track of where it is probably at this point i mean i'm not i'm not even a weirdo but if i could have the head of a guy who kept a bunch of people's heads in a garbage bag <laughs> in my freezer i mean why not have that you know <laughs> just get a shovel and go digging yeah, um, something something different to do on a friday night yeah <laughs> you talk about a big ebay item you know yeah. oh, an hire off or something <laughs> the people that try collect all that true crime stuff yeah, it's uh, a thing. So, or the death shows is kind of yeah, the death shows. <laughs> yeah, Connie calls them that the death shows. I call them true crime shows because I'm so into them, and Connie's also into them, but she calls them the death shows. <laughs> I don't. Everybody's right, you know what I mean. <laughs> so they they rip down Dahmer's apartment building. Is it open field now, or they build over it? It's open field. Is there it's a memorial or anything yeah. crazy like that to it? Any a marker? Um, no, there's. <laughs> Uh, there, there, there have been, I've seen flowers, flowers out there, um, tributes, you know, n- nothing like to the point of where the whole block is, is covered, but I've seen some tributes out there, but there's oh, few. In- yeah. Hopefully more for the victims than Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, yeah, there's, uh, there's few in front of Yeah. And you yeah. know, you know, it's kind of weird living, uh, in Wisconsin too, because I've now, twice in my life met people who have like ties to one of the victims affected by somehow or other. yeah like it was somebody i met or whatever i think it was somebody i worked with and her brother um was best friends with one of the victims because they had moved up here from milwaukee and it's just like that's so crazy <laughs> it's a small world yeah definitely, it's, it's definitely I, I knew somebody that told me that they worked somewhere that he worked but like he, they made him sign some type of disclosure type. I don't know if I believe him that uh, that he couldn't talk about it. I forget who it was. Ray, do you remember yeah. who that was? No, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah it, might, it might have been at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory, maybe. I think oh. That's what it was. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I used to pass by that place when I was a kid because the Asian Mart where all the Filipino food was right across the street. And you could just smell the chocolate. The chocolate yeah. And then you could also see the people peering out the windows. And I sometimes wonder, <laughs> is Jeffrey Dahmer peering at me? Oh, and yeah. I was like five and it's yeah. freaking weird. Some people do think that like when you pass, uh, if you have heavy ties to certain places that you can be kind of, your energy can be sucked back to that place. So even if you, if you did a lot of wicked things in like a house, and you died, you know, you moved out of that house and you went elsewhere, that when you die, your energy would still go back to that house. Yep. You ever hear about anything like that? that? No. I, I think a lot of us believe that. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's something to be said about, like, you know, people can say unfinished business and things like that, but there can also be spirits that are uh, that are sucked back in because maybe the people who they did those things to don't forgive them either. Right. So, I mean, either they're looking for forgiveness or they're just looking to cause race and hell. I'm not sure. Right. I've seen both. Well, or that they have unfinished business. Like you had the one woman who took you to the grave uh, when you were, three. Oh. you know, that they yeah. had something that they had to have done before they could move on. Yeah. Then you have like, you know, I mean, some people have reoccurring dreams or this, you know, dreams here and there about the same thing. Um, where it's not necessarily every night, but it could be enough to say, you know, hey, you need to do something about this or mm-hmm. something needs to happen. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. After you took that tour, did you buy the T-shirt? No. <laughs> if you ever get down that way again, buy, give me, get me a T-shirt, I'll give you the money. I was going <laughs> to say, like, I, I'm actually going there next week. I'm passing by. See if they sell like a a, a three or four XL shirt. If they got it, I'm I'm pretty sure they do. Like I think the colors are like either pink or yellow. Yellow, I'll do yellow. Yellow. (laughs) (laughs) Work for me. That's crazy. That's fun. I'll see what I can do. So if I do, then I'll I'm gonna get a hold of you and just ship it to you. Hell yeah! Thank you. (laughs) Gracias. That'd be cool. So uh, did we go over the Hazelwood House? We did not. Yeah, we did not. I have that on my list. Yeah, Hazelwood House is in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, that, again, was another a fairly affluent family that um, had lived there uh, right by the water again. Um, so there was some activity that was there. Um, we had, uh, I, I don't know if the, uh, one of our members, her phone just died. I mean, oh, it's just funny. like died died she had to end up getting a new phone so we don't know and she was videotaping a lot of the things at night and then all of a sudden it just stopped so we don't know if that had anything to do with that um did we have any do we uh chris uh one of our other members uh saw somebody peek out from around the corner yeah we had a um, pretty successful sensory deprivation experiments Mm-hmm. Um, we actually had one of the mem- one of the workers of the Hazelwood House because it's a museum now. We had her come with us to investigate, and because otherwise she was just going to stay in her office and just kind of twiddle her thumbs. We're like, no, come on out with us. Um, she tried the sensory deprivation experiment without even knowing what it was. So with us, like we, it used to be where some people would do this type of experiment where the spirit box would be the normal. That one. Um, what we do is that we actually hook it up to a phone app, um, and it's basically the the 
without the white noise, it's just all these voices coming through and voices. We've been hearing more of that lately, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. I like it better than the. Yeah, right. I don't like the. I don't like the creepy. Uh, uh, <laughs> there are some weird noises you get on there that sounds like some kind of otherworldly, not human. Yeah, yeah. Sounds. Yeah. Just Was it out. a phasma? A phasma box? I. It's well. It's 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 phasma box type thing. Um, it's called the. Let me just pull it up here because I have the phasma box program on my computer right now. Yeah. Um, and so it's basically the same sounds just yeah. on an app. Um, ours that we use is the ITC box two. Um, and I got it through Android, but it basically is the same, same. Mo- ah, I just turned it on. Oops. Oh, turn it on for you. I'm trying to turn it off. It's not letting me. Do you guys Don't ever turn think- it on in here? There's probably, <clears throat> do, do you guys ever think there'll be a time and place where you could call up a loved one who passed? The same way you, on a phone you would if they were alive. You think we'll ever see that one day with technology Ooh. and stuff? I don't know. You can just yeah. dial into whoever you want to talk to, so to speak. You know, I, I wish somebody would make that technology. Well, I mean, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool? But you think it, the reality of that's possible? Yeah, I don't know. It seems like I don't, we're, getting, mm. we're almost getting closer and closer. It feels. The thing is, though, like I don't even know if I would want to do that. And the, the only reason I say that is that. Like both my parents are past too, and I know that they are in a place where they're happy and they're yeah. they they want to do what they want to do. Um, like say for instance, I like if I'm having an issue with something and I want to talk to talk to them about my issue, would they really want to hear it? Because yeah. they're they like really they're all like down here and deal yeah, with the problems. Really, <laughs> and it, the fact that I know that they're happy, like I wouldn't want to disturb that. So right. with people who are passed on, I don't think I'd want to hear their voices. Because I don't need to, I don't need to, to talk to them to hear them. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it'd be nice sometimes. Yeah. With the, us uh, saying, you know, we know that you know our loved ones have possibly passed off to a better place, and it's like to try and call them back and bring that back is kind of selfish. Yeah. To a not better, to a not you know, good place <laughs> to be yeah. able to to not let them go. True. And and stuff. So, um, yeah. That. Um, I would I would be okay with the way it is and and um, yeah just letting them be where they they need to be. Same. I'm like if I felt that they were they you know they had uneasiness or whatnot. Yeah, sure. I'd want to talk to my mom or dad, but I don't feel that. But they've also passed away a long time ago, so I have to get into that mentality that yes, they are okay. And if I drag them back into this realm, oof. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. So. Especially these days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it would be very expensive as well. So you probably only yeah. get them every couple holidays. You know what I mean? Well, they'd probably also be like, what's this smart TV? What? Yeah. The smartphone, the internet. What? You know, yeah. they'd, their mind would be blown with all these technology things. Yeah. They wouldn't get it. It's true. I mean, it's all energy and the technology is mainly energy. So like there's an easy crossover there for them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this question's for everybody. You know, uh, do you guys each have a moment that you guys can remember as being maybe the most scariest moment that you've kind of encountered doing all this? You mean outside of the GPPT or within? You, it could be that as well. Uh, I said, actually, for me, I, um, I, because uh, we talked about this a little bit before we came on today, and it's like, for the most part, um, I haven't been 
like scared, scared. I mean, some of the stuff that you see on some of the shows, it's like, if that stuff happened, yeah, I'd be running out of the building the fast, you know, be the first one out there pushing everybody out of the way. Um, so I haven't had anything where I've seen anything. It's, I've been more curious than, than scared. Um, the only time, and I think this was just my own anxiety. We were leaving, um, uh, Edinburgh Manor in Iowa. And, uh, it was our, we were finishing up with our investigation and there was another investigator that said that they did not want to be the last person out of the building. And so when we were all leaving, I was even with them and I said, okay, you can go first. So I was the last one and everything behind me was black and everybody else was ahead of me. And it was just, you know, that, that oppressive feeling of all that blackness and all of that behind me. Closing in behind you. Right. So it was more of an anxiety thing, just going, okay, now I need to get out of the, uh, out of this place. So, um, Otherwise, yeah, things that I've seen so far on investigations, there hasn't been anything that uh, has scared me for, for me. It's just been more curious. Yeah, I'll I jump agree. in real quick because I can relate to that. And the, the, the scariest I've ever been is we went into this old TB mental hospital in high school. And at the end of our voyage, we, uh, we were handing over the camera, and which was like all the crazy stories the whole time. But we... Um, when we were both looking down at the hand, we heard this sound. And when we looked up and we looked down this hallway, there was plaster falling from the ceiling. My friend jumped out a window, you know, not to his death or anything, but like, I'm very, I'm, I'm like the cowardly lion. I'd probably jump out a window to my death. Um, and then I remember I had to, <clears throat> I went down the hallway that it was the opposite hallway and I got a chair and it was broken. So I had to run down the part of the hallway where the noise was coming from. And the entire time that I was coming back from that hallway and going out the window, I was the most scared I've ever been in my life. I could pinpoint it to that one time. So like, and that's what it felt like. You just felt like every bad energy in that building was literally piling up behind me. Like, you know what I mean? Just there. Yeah. That makes you wonder like, what is that something going on or is that just like all in your head? Cause it could really be either thing, you know, it could be, yeah, but it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just going to agree with Connie that like, I think for the most part, our investigations haven't been like um, scared, like super scary. And I think we're all like pretty calm about it. Actually. I mean, we just made like a funny TikTok for our like paranormal page about how, like the difference between like what it's really like, you know, ghost hunting versus like what the TV shows like make it all like, you know, they're, they're all like running around, like with their cameras bouncing and screaming and running from stuff. And it's like, we just hear like a crazy noise and we're like, what is it? What you guys? Did you hear that? Like, what the <laughs> heck? Um, but we keep it pretty chill. I don't. One of the things that really freaked me out off the get go was we were investigating um, a local restaurant here in the valley that has it. It has a huge history. It used to be. It was originally built as an old brewery, and um, uh, we were down like in one of the dining areas of the restaurant level and tucked away in this corner big room though and all of us were like at one side of the room and we were just doing an investigation and we just out of nowhere this loud ass sound that you could totally tell what it was was a chair basically like flying and sliding across and like hitting another chair really loud and like 
just, I think the, the fact that like, I knew where we all were. I knew nobody was over there, even though it was like dark and the sound, like how loud it was and how forceful it was scared the shit out of me, to be quite Mm -hmm. honest. Um, But then it was like that adrenaline excitement afterwards. And ever since that happened, like, I really want more evidence and more stuff like that going on. Like, and you know, that's why we do this too, is we want to actually capture those things. Cause that's one thing that, that sucks about that one is we were doing just a complete darkness. We were doing some EVP sessions. So we didn't capture this chair flying across the room, but like we all walked in and in the bright and knew where everything was. And when we turned on that light, there was a chair that was not where it was. And it was across the other side of the room. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it was scary at first, but then I, I'm like almost addicted to that, like that fear. And I think that's why some of us do that sometimes is like, it's like, you know, watching horror movies for people. Like you get that anxiety, that tension, that fear built up. And it's like, and then it's like over and you come out of it and you're alive and you're like, (laughs) I did it. I did it. It's fine. (laughs) I scared the shit out of myself, but I'm good. (laughs) What about Um, you, Lona? Um, I think within the GPPT, I haven't been really that scared. Um, It's been more out of curiosity than anything else. But if I had to say out of my whole lifetime, the number one thing that actually scared the the Jesus out of me, um, actually the house that I was talking about before with the doppelganger, it was one moment where that was the only investigation that I've ever done and the hundreds of investigations that I feel like I've done that actually ever shook me is that I was walking down the hallway and it was complete darkness. And all you can, like my, my family and friends, I have to do preface. My family and friends, um, I have a nickname, Eileen. And my family and friends from my childhood just call me that. Everyone else calls me Alona. So I'm walking down the hallway and it's darkness. And all of a sudden you hear, Eileen, 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 Eileen. And it's coming from everywhere. And you can't see anything. And all of a sudden it stopped. And then it screamed in my ear by name. I'm like, ow, that hurt. Um, but it, it was really more the fact of, like, you have nothing in front of you. You don't know where anything is. You don't have a, a, um, an idea of where that chair is or whatever. But you hear these voices just speaking your specific name. And it's not a very common name. So, and then all of a sudden just screams in your ear. I'm like, eh, okay, that, that actually, like, rocked my world. Because, A, I was pretty, I was like, I think... 1920 when that happened and then thinking about it now years later it's like hmm why did that thing not like me and why how did they know my name like it's it just begs a lot of questions that I just want answered but um that was the number one thing that did scare the shit out of me because it just was so surprising and I think it made me have turned my hair white I don't know (laughs) (laughs) who knows very creepy. Yeah, the name thing is very weird because where would it get that from? You think that would go into your, your psyche? How would that get that info? Right. Did they pull it out of your psyche? Because, like, nobody there was saying that name for you because... Exactly. Like, they, the family all knew that name because I grew up with them, oh, but okay. but no family was there in the room. And they were all, like, on the other side of the house. And this is a big house. Mm-hmm. So I could, I, yeah, I could yell at them and they wouldn't be able to hear hear me until I actually walked past the five, six rooms into the other wing and then they'd see me. 
But being there alone and just hearing that, it's like if I did that to you and just as a prank. <laughs> and then and just yelling. Yeah. I mean, you, you I, wonder if, I wonder if they can pick up on like the brain energy or something and know your thoughts. You know what I mean? So, well, I mean, you know, it could be that, you know, when you die, you're the last thing that theoretically goes is the energy from your brain and from your heart and everything. So maybe it's that type of thing that kind of stays around and then kind of picks up everywhere else. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting thought. I don't know where they got that name, but it's not a name that not a lot of people know. So it's interesting. It's very interesting. It's like an all-knowing. Like when it comes in, it's an all-knowing deal. Yeah. Very weird, very weird stuff. It's, it's, it's creepy for sure, you know. Um, you know, horror movies were brought up. Do you guys have any like dream locations that you you would love to investigate? <laughs> Ooh, dream locations. Yeah. A couple, yeah. S- Sally House. Yeah. Yes. Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. That's yeah. fine. And uh, uh, my sister, her, uh, I have uh, my sister is also in in the paranormal team. Um, but uh, we're going to be going to Farrar uh, Schoolhouse in Iowa. And you guys were there before, and- right? No, not at Ferrar. We have not. No, this is our first time. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, we've done a lot of Iowa investigations because it's a quick hop, skip, and a jump. But we haven't done Ferrar yet. Yeah. What's the? Yeah, uh, um, do you guys do now before you go into a place to research before? I know certain people will like to know nothing. You know, they just hit the grounds yeah. and go with yeah. the vibes and stuff. How do you? Guys I, I'm the researcher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but not, not. I mean, not to the extent. I usually what I'm doing is I'm pilfering what everybody else has found, and then I just relay that information, kind of give them uh, the group if they want to know uh, an overview of what you might see, what the names of the people are, so that when we do do any kind of speaking to the entities, that we make sure that we address them. We introduce ourselves, make sure that they know who we are and that we're there, you know, as, as uh, friendly people. We just want to talk with them for the evening or, or whatever. So, um, well, can I ask you, yeah. can I ask you guys a question and actually you two as well? Yeah. Is, is there any place that's considered haunted that you would definitely not go? Hmm. Mine would be Penhurst. I do not want to go there as much as I know it's haunted. I no. actually kind of want to go to Penner. <laughs> That's one of my dream ones, honestly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is it? Is it Waverly? You, you don't want to go to Waverly? I'm trying to think. Well, there's one out east that's like an insane asylum. That's what oh, yeah. Oh, they they might... yeah. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm personally yeah. down for anything until I get there, I guess. You know, uh, <laughs> right now I'll say I'd be down for anything, but once I'm standing in front of it, it could be a different story. <laughs> but anything, yeah, anything I think that has, you know, uh, more, you know, I, like a pr- prisons, I feel prisons and hospitals, like a mental hospital. I think those ones have a lot more negative energy to it. You're going to kind of run into some things you probably don't really aren't going to want to be friendly with you in those yeah. places. So I'd probably lean more towards something like that. Ray, what about you up there? Uh, no, I got no limits. Oh, <laughs> Raised like 94, yeah. Uh, well, uh, growing up, one of the houses I lived in was haunted. In my 20s, I used to work weekend security in a place which I, which was haunted. Later in life, you go back about oh, 15, 20 years, I spent some years working in a nursing home that was haunted. 
Mm-hmm. I've been in Ohio State Penitentiary, a bunch of different haunted places, and I just think it's all fun. I'm so jealous you went there. Yeah, I'll that's be another one, Ohio State Penitentiary. You know, realistically, it's only like eight hours away. True. We, we could drive it. <laughs> the Bermuda Triangle. I'll say the Bermuda Triangle somewhere I don't want to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm all set with learning that one the hard way. You know what I mean? Well, actually, isn't there like in Lake Michigan? There's the Michigan Triangle Michigan too. Triangle also. Yeah. We, we have a Bridgewater Triangle over yes. by us mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, to go kick it back to that energy thing and the brain and knowing your memories and stuff like that. You know, the way they say that we only use a small percentage of our brain. Do you think that if we were to use the full percentage of it, we'd be able to communicate more or maybe do some type of, uh, you know, the way that an animal, like a dog or cat, can almost see a different dimension? They have the, the, the cat has the eyes, so people speculate that it picks up on the beams of light more and can see different, you know, shadows and such. Do you think that us having full capability of our brain would kind of put us in a more enlightened element like that where we could – me, we could have a conversation without even talking type deal or something like that. It's interesting. Yeah. <sighs> Go. No, no, I'm just, I'm trying to think of a good answer. Yeah. Go yeah ahead. Me too. See, I would think yes, because you are picking up on. So, I mean, I'm thinking of the, uh, the movie limitless yes. where the guy used Ooh. all his parts of his brain and was able to pick up on all these little nuancey things and and be able to do that. So I would think, I don't know if it would be necessarily, you know, talking to the afterlife, but be able to sense that there is something there, being more in tune with, with your surroundings. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I just, I think it's interesting. I've always loved that fact that, like, human beings don't use like the, the most like such a high percentage of their brain because mm-hmm. i mean but the problem with it is is like we have no idea what yeah <laughs> what having more access to our brain function like what would that give us like right. is that just gonna give us more like mechanical smarts like are we gonna be able to be like build more industrialized things or does that mean um sensory parts of our brain and the aftermath of that too is that if we open up our brain and get all the sensory into us, it's like how anxious would other people be? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the anxiety probably would get out, be out of the roof. And like reading each other's minds and like, I mean, yeah. I don't know. There's probably a good reason we don't use Not to be bleak, a lot of people feel that humanity is always on self-destruct mode. So like if we did have, yeah, those, exactly, we did like, have those abilities, it'd be over quicker. You know what I mean? Yeah, human beings right. aren't exactly like, you know, the nicest beings <laughs> right? all the time. Uh, I have a little theory, a little quite theory type deal where like, I feel there's a, imagine a world, imagine this is a reality, where from the, 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 the bit, the big, for a long, long time, they put a hum, there's a, a frequency in the air, okay, that they release. And when you're born, you automatically get used to it. But what that hum does is that keeps your brain where it's at and doesn't allow it to get to a level where you can be almost superhuman. Ray left the conversation after I said that. You notice that? Yeah. <laughs> he was <laughs> done. He was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> what do you guys think of what I just said? We know what Ray thinks. 
know. It's an interesting theory. We'll put it that way. I have to wrap our head around that one. That's <laughs> a big one. I also like yeah. to say, I also like to break people's minds when I say, you know, when somebody gets in a vegetated state in the hospital and they're still alive, but they don't respond, is, and it's legally called, veg, medically called veg, vegetated state, does that mean that when you eat a carrot, it's still alive and it feels the pain of eating being eaten alive? Well, technically with the carrot, though, that you're you're taking it away from its heart and soul, like heart and brain when you pick it though. So kicking for a little bit though. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of like, you know, you know, plucking off your arm or something, but um, holding its breath for an extremely long time. Well, now I'm going to look differently when I eat a carrot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Crunch. (laughs) Did you have, did you have any questions for our guests? Uh, Questions? No. What I yeah. that last yeah. thing you were talking about? Yeah. Um, no, not not the carrots. The brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they did a study in England. They they used they screened a bunch of uh, mediums. Yeah. And, and they did a study. And this was one way they couldn't feed off people. They had a lot of good controls. And what they did is they wired them up when they were, once they got it down to a smaller group that was, uh, they decided were legitimate and doing something, they wired them up to measure the brain waves. And they found that a part of the brain that is usually not used became active. And the only other times they found that was in meditation and extreme religious experiences. Hmm. Now, I know there are disciplines around the world uh, that, use meditation and chants that can activate parts of the brain. So I think there's a potential there. I would say with training, yes, years ago, I used to, uh, I was professionally a medium and I used to run classrooms where I would teach people. And I had about, about 90, 95% success rate that when you came out of there, you could speak to the dead. So you can, it was an all-day workshop, but you can learn it. You can expand your mind if you want to put the work into it. So I think that eventually, are there places the brain could go that we can't now? Yes. Do I want to see them all? No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't trust people that much. Right? Yes. I blame you. So something that uh, with the uh, sensory deprivation that – it's, it's, it comes through and it's very garbly. So um, there are certain people in our group that can, like Alona can do full conversations of, of things, words coming out. Myself and Brad my, and, Brad and a, a couple other people. Mm-hmm. But then there's myself, my sister, and a couple other people in our group. We can never hear anything that comes through. And um, the way that I kind of describe it is it's like staring at those pictures where you have to stare at them a long time. And then all of a sudden a picture will appear. The Warshak test. So kind of, yeah. So you have to kind of screw up your eyes a little bit. And I think that's the way that this is working too, is you have to kind of let down kind of a, a, a veil kind of thing to be able to receive it. And I want to analyze it too much. So that's why I can't, uh, I can't hear it as much as you guys do. So, yeah. We just yeah, killed the sand monster. Yeah. <laughs> the team's made up of se- uh, seven people, right? Technically, there are... Seven core. In, in the core. Com- 
complete group, there's a total of 18 members. Oh, cool. Um, in terms of the core group that goes on investigations 99% of the time, there's eight. So, and then within that eight, there's um, the smaller core that go on to the smaller investigations. So it all depends on basically, really, who's free. Shout out all those people. Much love. Shout out, GPPT. Yeah. Was there any uh, investigations that you guys really uh, enjoyed that we, we didn't talk about yet? That you want to? Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Edinburgh Manor. Edinburgh. Oh, geez. Yeah. That was good. Because, you, know, you know, Matthew, we know that you love asylums. Yes. And we want to talk about it with you. Hell yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> now, it's. Uh, do you want to go first? No. No, that's fine. So, Edinburgh was, it used to be the county poorhouse, used to be the farmhouse, used to be the. Um, insane asylum housed the incurably insane patients closed down in 2001 i believe so it was from 1912 to ni- to 2001 so it was wasn't l- it 2011 2011 maybe mm-hmm. it was a long time i think it was 11. i think it was two ones <laughs> yeah it, 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 2011 um what how that place looks literally is that it's almost like they were there they Got the news that they had to leave and they left. Yeah, it was like five minutes later. Just up and left. Like there's rooms where you could just still see the last calendar of like the daily events that the nurses put up. Like, mm-hmm. um, like ten o'clock. You know, um, we're gonna do a self whatever session, and then um, one o'clock lunch break for lunch. It was so weird to just see like yeah. Daily we had a hospital down by us that's like that too. You could go in there. They had all the paperwork and stuff still there. Yeah. I believe Ronald, during the Reagan administration, I believe he passed a bill that he, he canceled the funding for a lot of state hospitals. So they just clo- they just showed up for work one day and it was all closed. I think that's what happened. Yeah, that would make sense. Because, they, say that, yeah. they say, unfortunately, that's how we got a lot of like when you see a lot of like the really kind of crazy homeless folks in the street. They say a lot of them kind of came from that they were just kind of they were patients that were just like can't stay here anymore and just kind of threw them into the streets which is sad actually i think that's when edinburgh became a um like it's it switched from like being run by like the county or whatever to like by the state yeah like a private owned more like assisted living type of home instead of yeah i think so and then it shut down oh no researcher years later researcher (laughs) Um, but yeah, there's a lot of personal facts that are still there that, yeah. and that itself makes it kind of creepy because you yeah. know that people were just here and you're, I, I felt like I was kind of disturbing their stuff Yeah, and it felt wrong, but being inside because it was our first asylum, um, our first out of state investigation for most of the team. So everyone was, you know, jazzed up and had all this adrenaline and then you get to the place you don't realize how big it is. Mm-hmm. Then you stand and uh, stand right in front of it. You're like, wow, this is really interesting. Then you see the terrace where someone jumped from their, to their death. Then you see the children's rooms that still have the toys. You know, the toys. And you see the sun setting and it's getting darker. <laughs> yeah. you're like, we got to go in there. Oh, yeah. And then we ask who wants to go in first. And no, and, and no one's like, like me. Who's you know? raising their hand? No, no one's raising their hand. <laughs> but then, you know, it, it was a great experience because, um, one thing that Connie and I did, actually, because we were kind of up before everybody else, mm-hmm. we went inside the, the morning after we investigated. We walked in, and we decided to just kind of play it like normal. We walked in and said, good morning, everyone 
wake up, it's time for breakfast, kind of like they were still there. Um, And for me personally, I think that's the thing with some spirits is that they just want to pretend or think that things are normal because they may not know where they are. So if you pretend sometimes that it's a normal day for them, sometimes they respond better instead of just, you know, jamming a, an EVP recorder in their face and saying, are you there? Tell us your name. Yeah. Who are you? Why are you here? <laughs> exactly. They may not know. So it's, it's better sometimes just to play like it's, it's their day. So, and that's what we did at Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. But the, when you're inside at night in the dark and it's, and it's creepy and there's long hallways and, Right. And it's not taken care of. So there's, you know, the paint's peeling off the walls and, and, you know, while you're there, you can hear sometimes the paint falling off and then you're like, okay, you hear a noise and then you're wondering what that is. So you have to go investigate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're very creepy places, the inside and even like aerial views of them. When you look at them, some of them just look really, it's like symbols. They're like weird symbols. You know what I mean? Right. And there's supposed to be a, um, an entity down in the basement called the Joker, who is not a nice individual. Like Ledger? Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. smile. We didn't, we didn't stay down in the basement too long either with that. So, well, some someone wanted to stay in the basement before they even got there and said, "I want to stay in the basement alone." Yeah, and then I saw it. I'm not doing that. Yeah, you guys know any details on the Joker? Why he's called the Joker or anything like that? As far as we know, it was a former, a former patient that was there and it was just an angry individual. And yeah. I'd assume you'd like to play jokes on people. I think he's he's more of a prankster kind of. But angry prankster. He wasn't nice. Yeah. 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 Is that you, John Wayne? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I do do have a question. Yeah. I want your opinion on something. Um, And this goes back a not directly to uh, Matt's carrot uh, comment. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. Thanks for the callback. That's what everyone's going to remember about this yes. episode of the carrot. Carrots. <laughs> the name of the episode is Ghost Carrots. <laughs> Please, yes. Now, if energy can be transferred, if you die uh, violently, uh, some spirits are trapped, etc. Okay. What do you think happens, or would you think anything happens, um, in a situation where you have cannibalism? Hmm. Do you absorb any of that energy of the person, or any, particularly if you're talking about Aboriginal tribes that did it, they would capture, torture, and then cook, and have a feast of a person? Would they pick anything up? I would think because I, they believe in yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of what you believe and put faith in, I think, would come into play, don't you think? You know what I mean? Like, if you really think that you're taking, if you really believe and think, I think beliefs got a lot to do with where if you think that you're, like Jeffrey Dahmer, for instance, I don't think he gathered anybody's energy. I think he just did it for whatever reasons. But if you were, if you were going, I'm going to eat them and I'm going to take on their essence, their soul, you know what I mean? And be more powerful. I think you'd be better off if you really believe it. Cause we've talked about like, you know, the human mind sometimes can create things that isn't real because it just believes that it's there so much. So I think in a, in a sense like that, maybe, you know what I mean? 
But how do you how do you know Dharma wasn't going for their energy and their essence as well? I'll ask him. He's right here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was. Uh, I don't know. I, I. Yeah, I had a hunger. I guess I don't know. I thought he did have some interviews because I mean he was alive in prison for a while after. I thought they yeah. did kind of find out that he that was kind of what he was all about. You try to take, take their energy. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because. They're youthful energy, too, because, you know, he was a gay man getting older. And I think he thought by, like, eating these younger men, he was going to, like, you know, make himself more youthful. That's hardcore. That's what I, that, that put the whole new spin. I thought he was just a dude that wanted a sex slave. You know what I mean? Well, that uh, probably. I think that, that started. That's where it started. starts. Yeah. yeah. That's where and it then starts. Then it just goes that way. And it started. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you go crazy. Anyway. Crazy is crazy, yeah. though. So. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it goes what you were saying, Ray. There, uh, maybe. What do you guys think of that? I personally think that if if you personally want to eat somebody to embody their essence, I mean, I, I agree with Matthew where it's like if you believe in it, it's going to happen. But because I don't think that it's impossible, I can see some of that leftover energy in the skin and the brain and everything. Because it's still there as you die, being transferred to whatever is closest. And that could easily be the person who's eating. Um, so I think it's possible. I don't think it's probable, but I think it's possible. Because right. you're not, you're eating the flesh, you're not eating the soul, mm. as far as you know. Yeah. So, I mean, but if you have energy we, left in your brain, though. Yeah. We as humans eat all kinds of other flesh, you know, and just not other humans, generally, it's- kind of frown upon yeah but um you know i don't i don't feel like i get any more power besides like just energy from the protein when i eat some other kind of you know living being that has energy and power with it um so i don't know that's interesting like i don't know why a human being would like supply more power or energy than other mammals that we eat. I think it's the brain power. We're, we have more brain power. We, we're more evolved. You think brain would have to be a thing where like a fear thing, to feed off the fear where like they didn't kind of kill them immediately, but they knew that like that's where they were headed and like maybe tortured them. Because you have that element too where, you know, not to bring movies into it, but like the new, that new Dr. Sleep movie with the Stephen King and they get like mm-hmm. the Shining yeah. sequel yes. kind of has that play where, you know, they, they take the kid's energy, but if they scare him, it tastes better. You know what I mean? Right. Really working everything out of them. Right. And that's another thing with um, paranormal investigations too, is the, the ghosts will feed off of your energy. Right. If you're yeah. terrified, it may ramp it up. Or if you are, you know, very excited it could be that that ramps up that activity also because it is using part it could be using part of your energy are you happy are you satisfied are you are you satisfied are you full off of that that answer (laughs) (laughs) that's a good question i like that yeah very interesting you but I, i think it'd be a belief i think it would be a belief thing you know what i mean same thing with like holy yeah. water. It's like if you don't kind of believe in holy water, does it actually have the effect? Or you know what I mean? I don't think it would. You know, even if it was blessed, I don't think it would have the effect if the person using it didn't believe. Right, because ultimately, it's it's 
Just faith. water still. Faith. Yeah, yeah, faith, faith is everything, I think. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's the magic ingredient to all of it is the faith element. I agree. This was a slam banger. This was a, this was a fucking great episode. Thank you. Yeah, We're almost hitting that two hour mark. <laughs> that, was a little late. that was a little late, so it's not quite two hours. <laughs> but uh, this was a lot of fun. You know, we thank you guys for coming on. We'll have you back on again. We like to make friends and have reoccurring guests. Sure. Awesome. That'd be great. Good. You can uh, interview us after we go to Farrar. Uh, yeah, so this year sure. we have Farrar and Boyd House and Horridge House in Minnesota. Horridge House in Iowa. Iowa. So we have oh. Farrar House in, in, in Iowa, mm-hmm. Horridge, Horridge House and Train Depot in Iowa. They're two back to back investigations. And then Boyd investigate Boyd House in Minnesota yeah. um, in August. So if there's a lot of stuff coming up, yeah. Um, yeah. But we have some well rested days that we need to take a rest as well. So mm-hmm. from our traveling, yeah, we're going to be walking around. Uh, Alona and I will be walking around the Paracon in Michigan at the end of August. Also, so very cool. Well, I uh, might join if I can make it work. <laughs> if I can meet all the ghost ghost event, not ghost adventures, um, the all. Uh, all the ghost show hosts and people who actually do those shows, I'll be very happy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When is it in December? No, August. It's August, oh, August 20, 25th through the 28th. It's in the UP, right? Yeah, yeah. it's in Sault Ste. Marie. Salt. Great, we should go. Salt. <laughs> I've been Salt. there. It's a pretty cool town. Hey, if yeah, you guys go, expensive. We'll be there. Well, I'm a little like, I don't I'll know. I'll get my I'm Jeffrey gonna... Dahmer shirt in person. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> We do other conventions. The paranormal convention would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I know you guys got the, you got a website and you got social media. You want to tell everybody where they can check out your stuff and keep up to date with you. Yes. Um, We have a website, the ghostlyplayers.com. We have a YouTube uh, and that is, I don't know what that is. (laughs) I should know. But I don't. I don't run the YouTube. You, you can just look up the Ghostly Players Paranormal Team as a channel on YouTube. Yeah, if you just search the Ghostly Players on YouTube, mm-hmm. that will come up. Um, we do have a Facebook page mm-hmm. um, that is also under the Ghostly Players. <laughs> oh, here's our, here's our card. Thank you. You got the Instagram. <laughs> um, we have the Instagram. We the have Insta, an Instagram. As the kids, we, we have the, we have the IG Instagram. IG. We also have a Twitter account. You guys, we throw have a little clip up there. Yeah. We have a TikTok. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. I don't know. It's like at the ghostly players or a lot of these are at the ghostly players. Yeah. Um, but you can find us on TikTok. Um, you can contact us right now. We don't have any other official way to contact us besides an email. So our email is the ghostly players at gmail.com. So anybody listening that um, is in the area and wants us to come check out you know, something that they feel might be haunted, definitely just feel free to give us a, an email. We don't have like a phone number right now because we. Or I'll send us a message through Facebook. We'll yeah. always get those too. Yeah. We check um, our, our messenger on Facebook um, often or we get notifications too from the messages. So. And we don't charge for any services and we keep everything completely private unless you want us to make it public, which right. is never. So. <laughs> <laughs> That was great, Ray. You want to say anything in closing? Uh, no, I, I agree with you. It was a great episode. Thank you, Ray. Thanks, Thanks Ray. Ray. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you. Got the seal of approval.
You know? Alona, Connie, Brad. It's been a pleasure. You guys have a great night over there, you know? Everybody go check out the Ghostly Players Paranormal Team, wherever, all those places they mentioned them, support them, good people. Got a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff coming, too. I checked out the website. They got a lot of good stuff coming down the pike. So be there or be square, you know what I mean? Yeah, and don't be square, so be there. And we'll have more stories for you when we get get to the next stuff. So. Yes, Thank you. Sure. And Jeffrey Dahmer t-shirt. Jeffrey Dahmer t-shirt, baby. That's all about. So with that being said, we hope everybody had fun. Check our social medias, and uh, we even got a Patreon. You guys got to get on the Patreon wagon. That's the future, I heard. And, yeah, uh, yep, exactly. Probably the next one. If y'all like this episode, check out more of these episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, and be on the lookout. We got some video ghostly stuff coming in the future. So with that being said, we wish you all adieu. And we'll catch y'all on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly.